Hey guys, welcome back to Slap Happy. My name is Civilian. I'm the host of Slap Happy. And today I have an absolute zinger for you. Um, so a couple weeks ago, very recently, I went and was invited to the headquarters of Itchpick. Uh, I was very humbled by this um, opportunity and I was even more humbled when I walked inside their headquarters. Um, so Itchpick, for anyone who doesn't know, is a streetwear label they are based in Melbourne. They are owned and operated out of Melbourne and they are 100% authentically Australian in every way, shape and form. Um, the guys are locals. They are essentially, when you boil it down, they're just a couple of kids who started doing this thing and just didn't stop. That's essentially what it is. They were 22 and 24-ish when they started the label, um, Nate and Alex. And basically, they just didn't stop, which I think is, um, you know, when you look at a, a lot of success stories, that is the crux of it. It's like, you know, you start this thing and you just don't stop. Like the only way you can kind of kind of bow out of a game is if you quit. And these guys just never quit. Um, and their story is incredibly inspiring. So I sat down with Nate, one of the brothers, um, and you know, we just chopped it up. We just had a good chat. It was really, really enlightening, really beautiful. Um, I was blown away by their headquarters. I was blown away by their warehouse. You know, they got a, they got a, um, skate park in there and you know, they got clothes everywhere. They got staff everywhere. They got like a super inspiring kind of like head office space with lots of like, uh, art and, and, and pop culture references. Um, you know, just the whole place, just walking through it was just like, man, this is so cool. These guys have built this thing from the ground up. And they are still here operating it day to day and just doing a really good job of it and doing some really cool shit. Not only are they making cool clothes, but they're also doing a lot of really cool collaborations and they're just, you know, they're, they're digging into the Melbourne subcultures, uh, especially in hip hop. And they're just, they're just, you know, they're just doing cool shit. That's, that's basically all I, all I can boil it down to. So yeah, I went in there. Um, our paths crossed because of uh, my conversation with Uzi a couple of weeks ago, who's who's a big fan of them. Um, you know, they reached out to me. I went and had a conversation with them, Nate specifically, and I loved it. I, I felt so comfortable talking to him. I thought he was a really, I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed sitting down with him. I thought he was a really good guy. Um, we could have fucking talked for hours, I think, because we're both, I, th I think we're very similar in the way that we're like looking at life at the moment. Like, you know, just this constant need to be striving to be better, to be a better person, um, in yourself, but also to be a better person for the people around you. Uh, we're both very much there in our lives and, and, and it was really, really cool, um, to kind of share that with him. And, you know, we kind of, talked about a lot of things. Um, we did waffle a little bit about, you know, this, this need to strive to be better, but, you know, essentially we got to the crux of the, the origin story of itch pig where they started, um, and their current cultural relevance and the fact that they're still here, still doing it, still striving, still pushing forward. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I hope you guys do too. I'm going to link everything below as to where you can go find Itch Pig, please go check them out. I highly endorse these guys in every aspect. Um, had a lot of fun doing this, and I'm so grateful to be putting this one out. This is my interview with Nate, owner and operator. Oh, 
part owner and operator of Itchpig. Hope you guys enjoy it, and I'll see you on the next Slap Happy. Let's go. And, and we're live. And we're live for another episode of Slap Happy. We can do it like this all day. Hey, don't stop. Inhibitions run away. Hey, don't stop. Let a bug hit windshield. Straight those off. That's right, people. We're here. We're doing it. I'm doing it. And today, I'm doing it with Nate from Itchpig. Nate, how are you? Good, boss. What's going on? <laughs> All right. That's my little intro. I got that out of the way. Um, what's going on? I, um, I'm here in your um, magnificent uh, warehouse and, and working facility. And um, as I said it to you earlier, I was uh, genuinely blown away by how fucking dope everything is. Um, appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Um, so anyway, I, I, I've, I've come here today to chat with Nate. He's invited me down and I'm, and I'm very grateful. And, um, speaking of grateful, I wanted to try a little segment today. Now I'm a big believer in gratitude, uh, as a, as a tool, as a, as a weapon. Uh, um, and it's something that I try to use daily. I have like a little gratitude journal and I have like Go for it. Keep going. Yeah. I have uh, like eight uh, blank spaces and every single morning what I try to do is um, I sit down and I consciously direct gratitude towards certain things. For sure. Not necessarily the most obvious ones like, oh, you know, how to really, you know, or like the Cats won the grand final, for example. Not not always obvious ones, but sometimes mundane ones. Like, for example, um you know, being grateful towards uh, my current financial instability. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or right, like, got it. or like, um, stubbing my toe, for example. Um, I and the reason I do that is because if I send gratitude towards these things, even the mundane, it reshapes how they sit in my body. And it, totally, totally. And I, it, I, do, I know exactly what you're talking about. My partner and I actually talk about this concept a lot. So, I'm a new dad. Yes. So my son's how new. Uh, my son's probably almost 19 months old. Okay. Yep. So he's still, he's in the toddler still phase, fresh, right? Yep. So you hear a lot of parents talk about, you know, say for instance, if I, if I talk to one of my, some of my friends or some people that I know about looking after their kids, they'll say, I have to look after my kid. So it's like a chore. It's a negative. Yep. But the, and I, I used to do it, but then I was like, oh, it's putting a negative on something that actually is kind of fun and kind of cool. So now yep. I say, I get to hang out with my son. I love that. So I'm kind of doing the same thing. I love that. And it, it really like language is super powerful and, and, and we get to choose how we shape um, our perception of things and our experience of things. Totally, totally. And Emotions driven off your brain sometimes. Yep. Like when you look at something like that, like often if you label it in a certain way, like what we were talking about before with, you know, like kind of humbling experiences, you can look at it as a kick in the teeth and get pretty upset by it or you can say, oh, this is an opportunity to learn. Yep. All right. That's beautiful. Okay. We're setting this up really nicely. So gratitude uh, as a tool and as a weapon, um, stubbing your toe, being grateful for it. Yeah. That's you a know, bit more abstract. I'm not sure how you get there. But but because you get two options. I can either be annoyed at it. Totally. Or I can just be like, do you know what? I feel pain and that means that I feel something. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, totally, totally. So um, anyway, so I try to, yeah, I write eight things down and I try to make them um, not, you know, obvious, some obvious, obviously, 
Um, but then, yeah, some not so obvious. Um, and then I, and then I sit there and I kind of like, I genuinely try to, um, direct gratitude at them to like fill my soul up and feel, you know, feel good about life. And then I can carry that energy out into the world. Totally. Totally. So with that said, Nate, what are three things that you're grateful for? Three things I'm grateful for. Well, obviously I spoke about the sun just before. Beautiful. Um, I'm pretty grateful for my partner, to be honest. Yep. She puts up with a lot of crap from me. Yep. Um, I'm not an easy guy to be around. Yep. Um, so I'm pretty grateful for that. Uh, it's funny, you know, like just on the weekend, um, on Sunday. So I, I went for a skate with one of my friends and after I, I came back and I'd planned to do some gardening with my, with my old man. Now this isn't any just old regular gardening, gardening. We'd, uh, I'd, I'd kind of gotten slack and let the, the garden go pretty overgrown. Yeah. Like I'm talking, I hadn't cut the grass for six months. So we're talking Jumanji. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking shoulder high weeds. Like it was, Jeez. it was a gong show. Yeah, it was yeah. quite, quite a lot of it too. So okay. I was kind of, I'd been kind of nervous about how to tackle all this. Cause you know, it, like it wasn't even point getting a whippersnipper into it. It's just, it would have if the whippersnipper Hacksaw. up. Yeah. So basically what we did is we got a, a, a like a mattock, like a, like a, you know, kind of a, a hook, tomahawk type thing and just started digging, digging it all out. Yeah. Okay. Bit by bit, pulling out with our hands and stuff. Yeah. And kind of halfway through, you know, it was like, it was a nice day. I was hanging out with dad. Um, my partner kind of brought my son out and stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, this is actually really sick. I'm actually, oh. I'm actually really enjoying Like this, it was hard work. Like, yeah. Cause like we were pulling out like, um, like all like stinging ivy and, and nettle and stuff like that and like weeds. So like I've got pretty gnarly um, weed burn in my wrist yep. today because at the start I was just wearing a t-shirt and then I was like, oh shit, I actually need to wear, put on a long sleeve and some pants on because yeah, otherwise yeah. I'm going to be itchy. You're going to cop it. I'm going to yeah. be itchy as hell tomorrow yeah, yeah. and for the rest of the day. So it was really, really hot and I was really, really sweaty and stuff. But like, yeah, I just kind of, like the sun was out. My son was like just having a blast. It was a nice little kind of like, oh. Like I'm here. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool family moment. Like yeah. this is the first kind of, cause you know, this is the first time my son can experience the garden whilst being able to move. Yep. Cause like now, you know, he's just kind of started walking pretty flat out in the last three months or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it was really, um, it was really sick. Yeah. Sun was beaming and everything it was nice. And, and it was cool. It, it sounds cool that you were able to just stop in that moment and, and let it be what it was. I was actually flat out enjoying it, to be honest. Yeah. It was actually, it was actually fucking fun. Like, yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, it was hard work pulling out these weeds by hand and, and with like just a basic tool. But yeah, it was two hours of fun. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And to be honest, like what else is there? Like in life, you know, what else? Uh, yeah. Like what else is there? Like name another thing that is like more valuable than that, th- than feeling like just at peace. Yeah. 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 It was like my partner was talking about, um, she brought up uh, Orlando Bloom or whatever, and she mentioned how she just watched the, the latest Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or whatever, and she said how, you know, he's acting, he might have overdone it a little bit. Anyway, we yep. got onto the subject about how he's, you know, he's a little bit, him and his partner have a, his ex-partner have had a pretty uh, interesting relationship. Yep. You know, they've kind of in the courts and all this stuff. And Orlando? Like, Johnny. Johnny Depp. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Johnny yeah. Depp. God, I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, no, I, yeah, so do I. So Johnny Depp, yeah, Johnny Depp. So you know, he's kind of in the courts or whatever. And, um, you know, they just keep going back at each other. <laughs> like, like the, just a little toxic. Yeah. Just a little toxic. You know, there's some, 
kind of the salt stuff going on, some physicality stuff. There's some feces. Yeah, there's quite a lot of crazy shit, right? Yeah. It sounds like you know the story. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, man, these people have like all the money, all the things. Like, you know, everyone listening to this this podcast would probably think, you know, Johnny Depp is surely killing like that's a it, pinnacle right? of life. Yeah, yeah, surely he's killing it. You know, he gets all the things, he gets all acts, but the dude's still unhappy. Yeah, still yeah. Like, he, all that shit, all that stuff. He still can't have a. He still doesn't have. Like, you know, maybe he's happy in his relationship now or whatever, but, mm. like, that relationship before was, like, just toxic and completely broke down. And it's he's still got he's mm. still got their issues or, or whatever it is, right? Yep. And it's, like, it made me kind of think again. I was just like, oh, you know, fuck, like, I should be enjoying and, and, and be grateful for all this stuff. And then you kind of just start being it. Instead of, instead of saying should, could, and woulda or whatever, like, that's judgment. That's you putting judgment on things. Yeah. You just try and be at ease and mindful about it, I guess. Yep, yep, yep. And that, the thing is, like, if you're living a kind of life like he would be living, yeah, you do have, you know, access to women and drugs and money and all these, like, experiences. Did you hear about his coke ball? No. So he has, apparently, Araha, my partner, was telling me that he has this, he had this huge goldfish full of, goldfish ball full of coke. Yeah, like, right. Literally. And he would just walk <laughs> past it. Just have a little... Just a little bump, like, yeah, like, just, like, like it was part of, like, like he's like, like this is part of his day. Like I'm addicted to grapes, right? So yeah, every yeah. part, every time I walk past the fridge, I open the fridge up and grab a couple of grapes. Got to get a couple. But he's just doing it with the coke. Yeah. <laughs> but surely it doesn't. Surely after that point, it's like not even coke anymore. It's just something that you do. Like, like the thing is, if I were to do coke, which I don't, don't condone any of that shit. But let's just say I did do coke, right? It would be an experience for me because it doesn't happen frequently. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But for me him, too. it's part of his life. So, like, is it even that interesting anymore? It's so weird. Yeah. It's so odd. Like, she was explaining it to me, and I was just like, oh, this is pretty weird. It's a, it's a whole new uh, um, kind of, like, level of existence. Like, something that I think just for the most for most people, it's like, what the fuck? That's not even real. It's, yeah. like, not even real. It's detached. Well, it's like, you know, like, how do you even afford that? <laughs> like, he's got, like, yeah. it sounded like, like, sound like a big-ass fishbowl. So, you know, like, you, you do the math on it, it's probably, what, like, 10K just sitting there. Yeah, but the thing is, when once you get to that point, you don't pay for anything. Like, nah, true, true, you know, true. people are trying to get close to you because of the access and the, true. and the, you know, so you don't actually pay for anything when you get to that point in life. Yeah. True. Totally. People just, yeah. The value is in being friends with Johnny Depp. Yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, right. I sold Coke to Johnny Depp, you know, <laughs> I gave, oh, well I gave him Coke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. totally. All right. Well, we've got the gratitude out of the way. Thank you for, uh, <laughs> being a part of that. That's, no worries. that's my first time busting out the, the kind of gratitude, uh, pretense on a podcast and I, and I want to make it, I want to make a habit of it because I want to, I want to start my podcast the way that I start my day in my life is with that gratitude and putting that like good energy in the world. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's, good, cool. it's a good idea. All right. Now that, now that we've got that out of the way, let's get to the meat and veg, the steak and taters. Okay. The, the, the main course. What is an itch pig? What is itch pig? So I guess. I guess we're talking about defining the name here, right? You can define it however you like. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> so, so I guess, I guess, like itch pig. Yeah. So it's it is a word we made up, which is really good when you're trying to get a dot com. Yeah, fuck yeah. You don't have to worry about that shit or any other patents or trademarks or any of that crap. That's a good point. That's you know, a really good point. We literally made the word up. Yeah. Um. So I guess it, it relates back to you know when when Alex and I first started, we were living in um. Sorry, Alex is your yeah, brother. I was about to say, Alex is my brother. Yep, so yep. I own Itch Pig with my brother, Alex. Okay. Um, 
we were kind of living, we were living in um, Japan at the time. So I was a snowboard instructor. Yep. Um, and I kind of started crocheting up these beanies. Yep. And I guess I started, I, I, I was just fascinated in the process. I'm a real, I'm a bit of a process guy. I like getting better at things, learning about things and then refining it. So yep. I just wanted to keep making beanies, but I didn't want to just keep making beanies for myself. So I started making beanies for all the instructors that were living with us. And I guess we, it kind of, Gave us the idea to, oh, you know, maybe we could do something with this. Maybe we could turn this into something. Yep. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, somehow we kind of brainstormed this idea and we and we were like, well, you know, everyone kind of refers to us as, as pigs or, you know, we would, and, and it wasn't like we're greedy. It's like yep. we were just insatiable. We were, we were relentless. Like whatever we set our one focus on, nothing got in the way. I like that word, insatiable. Yeah. Like, you know. Describes it well. Yeah, pigs are relentless, right? Yeah, yeah. They chew through everything, yep. fat, bone, whatever. Yeah. And we were like that. No, okay. no, nothing got in our way. But instead of it kind of being one pig, which we actually have an original drawing upstairs of, mm-hmm. which we'll probably show at some stage, um, we were like, oh, let's go to Ichibi because we were in Japan. So Ich is one in Japanese. Right, okay. And that's kind of where it, it came from. So I guess we started pushing this kind of crochet beanie thing and we kind of, I kind of noticed how people would come up and you'd ask them, well, what colors do you want? Simple question. Yep. And you'd start getting all these different colorways and all these different ideas. And it was funny how it was the basis of a, of a large portion of our business and our ideas. So then we decided to try and apply it to clothes. Yep. Um, and, and I guess we came back to Melbourne from Japan and we were like, well, we don't really like any of the clothes we're wearing anymore. Let's just make our own clothes. And yep. And, and, and use some of this colorway knowledge and, you know, we'll put it under this label of itch big. Yep. So we started making these jumpers for ourselves, crazy colors. Um, and then we, 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 we managed to, I guess, get onto this manufacturer. Um, and we bought a shitload of their dead stock off him. Yep. Um, this was all colorways and shit that he couldn't sell. Yeah. 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 Yellows, greens, reds, yep. weird blues. Okay. There was just a lot of it. Yeah, so was he was he just like ambitious, or did he not understand um, what he was buying, or wh- wh- why did he have all this stuff that he couldn't get rid of, or is that just a stand? Is that just a pretty standard thing that happens from time to time? People just have shit that they can't sell. Yeah, yeah, because you know, like you can't always have A, B, and C stock. You know, like A is obviously your best selling stock. Yep. A lot of people then have B, and then some businesses have C. Well, most businesses at some stage have a C. Yep. And C is product you can't move or it just sits there um and that's often what a stock take sale is it's c yep. product it's stuff that people can't sell and they just want their money back yeah so you're just basically trying to come up with ways to get it off your hands yeah because basically the way i mean not to get kind of technical and boring here but you know there's probably some get, bo- get boring let's go there's some entrepreneurs on here i, I assume I'd watching imagine. this yeah i hope so so the way you know financials work or tax works is when you buy stock or cost of goods, it doesn't hit your profit and loss, i.e. you don't get taxed on it until you sell it. Mm-hmm. So if you have $10,000 worth of stock, your balance sheet doesn't, your profit and loss doesn't reflect that. So the, st- the tax man still thinks you've made $10,000. It's not until you sell it right. that it okay. hits your profit and loss. So that's why people just say, effort I, I just want any, any money i can back so yep. then they can realize the cost okay and say that they've made a loss okay that's what a stock take sale is oh all right. that's, that's the cool. reason for it i like that that's okay. why people do that so 
basically he just made, you know, it was just an accumulation of a whole bunch of stuff over time and he just needed it off his books. And how did you get in contact with this person? How, where did this person come from? He's, he's actually someone that we, um, so he used to have like a kind of a, a retail store in Collingwood that we just used to, um, yeah, we just used to go there all the time and shop for ourselves. Yep. And we kind of like, we kind of like some of the shapes that he was producing, um, but we wanted to take it um, and, and, and do our own thing with it. Yep. We wanted to kind of exaggerate certain things. So we wanted to make things taller and baggier. Yeah, cool. So instead Is that based off of the snowboarding influence? Totally, totally. Yeah. So a lot of the co- a lot of the colorways, the paneling ideas, and obviously the fit from snowboarding, yep. we brought back into, well, originally it was kind of snowwear, but then it was like we realized, well, I don't know, at some point somehow it shifted from snowwear to kind of streetwear. Yep. It just kind of started blending. Yep. We were selling, yeah, we were selling both, yeah, like to snow people, but then also streetwear people, like just people in Melbourne because yep. it was just friends of friends and slowly spreading and stuff. And, and was, so clearly not a um a tactical or planned kind of idea. It was just like people were liking it. Um, they started wearing it. So it kind of evolved on its own. Well, I mean, for, for for me, you know, I've been, we, you know, we've been having a, a few people come through this space lately. Like we, we're trying to definitely get amongst the community much more. Yep. Um, and I've been saying it, but you know, like we didn't start this thing because we wanted to flex and say we have a clothing company. In fact, we did the very opposite. We wore balaclavas in every single interaction with our customer, whether they came to the shop. Oh, sorry, whether they come to mum's garage yeah. or whether they, or whether we were selling, you know, marketing images on, on Facebook, yeah. we wore balaclavas because it was about the clothes selling themselves, not the faces behind it. I fucking love that. Yeah. Right. Let's kick. There we go. Nice. I wanted the round of applause because that's fucking cool. All right. Yes. Tell me, tell me more about that. So we were, you know, this is 2010, right? Like, yeah. I don't think people realize how long we've kind of been doing um, some of the things that are now in popular fashion and popular culture yep. now. Mm-hmm. We were doing this ages ago. Yep. So, yeah, it was – we didn't give a fuck about the props. We didn't want anything to do with the props. It was about making product that we wanted to wear. Yeah. Um, and as we kind of progressed, we realized that – well, I mean, people would just frankly come up to us and ask us. Yeah. What, what is that you're wearing? What, what is that? Yeah. It's this big, tall, color-blocked hoodie. That you know you've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's got this weird pig face on the bottom, and it's got this weird name, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like, it just started from there. You know, you, it, 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 when we first started, it's it's all about rings. You know, like if if Alex and I are the purest demographic, the customer of each big, because obviously we created it. <laughs> yeah. We're the pu- we're the pure, you know, yeah. we're the pure ingredient. We're at the center. Yeah. yeah, we're at the center. Then you know. Your first group of friends are the next, and the next circle, their friends, and then their friends, and their friends. Yep. And it just goes in rings. like It's just like an onion. Yeah, yeah. And it just started spreading that way. There was Because, you know, 2010, Instagram wasn't really a thing. No. Like, most people were still saying, it's like, you know, people are saying with TikTok or Be Real now, mm-hmm. or have you got TikTok or have you got Be Real? Yep. Like, it, Instagram was like that. Mm. Um, so we were just selling this shit through Facebook, putting images up of stuff and, and whatnot. And to be honest, before that, we were literally going up the snow with garbage bags of these jumpers that we'd made. Fuck. And just going to the, to like. Flogging them that way. Yeah. 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 We, I remember one, one of our friends was an, inst- uh, a, a lifty 
up at False Creek, mm-hmm. and he literally brought us up to the um the staff of com. We had these garbage bags, yeah, right, full of these colorways, and we were just in people's rooms selling them. Cash was, only, yeah, cash only, yeah, yeah, the original cash only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't have your little square reader with you. No, fuck no, <laughs> fuck no. And that's the thing, like back then, like. Yeah, none of that shit existed. No. Like, n- not even things that people take for granted now, like like Shopify wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so did you have your own website? No, we didn't have a website until year three or four. Yeah, okay. Because there was everything was like, you know, you've got to get a, a developer or whatever, right? Yeah. And like, that should cost money. Yeah, totally. And again, we weren't, you know, I mean, we're not from poor families, but we're not from super, super rich families. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, didn't have a spare 5K laying around for a... Web developer? Um, no, not really. I mean, we kind of, we kind of started the, the business off five hundred bucks each. Yep. So you know, five hundred bucks went into the dead stock to make the first cruise, and then five hundred bucks kind of went into buying Mum's garage off her, <laughs> um, which was uh basically really really cheap rent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we uh, that's kind of how we started, to be honest. So can can you explain the balaclava thing to me a little bit more? Like, what was the inspiration for that, and kind of. How did it? How did it actually look? Were you just always in the balaclavas, or only in photo shoots, or only when you're delivering product? So the balaclava thing. So we were used to wearing balaclavas because we were snowboarders. Okay. Yep. So that's where it kind of came from. It was like we were just like I don't know. We just I guess maybe in all honesty, if I'm being brutally honest, we were so we we, we were I don't know. It it was a mixture of being self-conscious about having our faces associated to these garments, but also we actually genuinely wanted the garments to just sell themselves. Yeah. So we were used to the balaclavas. We had knowledge of the balaclavas. Um, and then like, yeah, we just, we would wear them in every single piece of marketing. Like, so yep. anything, any photo of a hoodie worn by someone was in a balaclava. Yep. And then, yeah, literally when people rocked up to mum's garage, we were wearing balaclavas. I do love that because then you instantly focus on the on the product. Yeah, and we had fake names too. No one knew our names. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely no one. Okay. Some of our customers still today call me by those names. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of, so balaclavas, fake names, dealing in cash. Are you sure you're not describing a, a gang? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe in some yeah, yeah. preface that that kind of was startings of a game. I don't know. No, it's beautiful. I but we it. we didn't want to pretend like we weren't worth something that we're not. Like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I just it was just an amalgamation of cultures for us, to be honest. You know, yeah, and it just felt natural. Yeah, we just did, it. and like, and it got, and it was, it was, it was legit a thing. Like, you know, we our first probably. I don't know, our first serious run of hoods, they all had balaclavas sewn in the back of the necks as well. Really? Yeah, we, Fuck, we were doing okay. it proper. So it was like, it was sewn in the neck and then it would just sit in your hood and you could just pull it over. Dude, that's, un- that's actually fucking dope. That sounds, that sounds sick. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I always forget that we did that. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And now I can see it in your face as well. You're like, Fuck, that is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. We've had, we had a lot of, cr- like, a lot of crazy ideas. Like, you know, even like, like I'm, I'm sure some of the OGs that will watch this, you know, like we create our own sizes, like because the sizes were so, so different, like yeah. they were so much taller and, and just different to anything else out there. We're like, shit, let's rename them. They're our sizes. Let's, let's base them around basketball positions. So small was point guard, shooting guard, yeah. power forward, power forward, center. So everyone, everyone always got real confused because they had to learn the basketball <laughs> positions to know their size. 
<laughs> that's actually that's pretty dope. Yeah, I would uh I would have struggled. Yeah, I would have definitely got the wrong size. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were always pretty handy with like kind of explaining it to people and whatnot. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, that was another kind of crazy thing. So then, on the outside, at the first like the first early cu- uh, customs, we like yeah, we would have your size kind of sewn on the outside. Like was it like that oh. kind of paying homage to those basketball jerseys? Yeah, that amazing. The, the little badge down the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a that's a bit of a sneak peek into the origin story. Mm. Um, where does, where does the growth begin? Where does this, where does it go from like, you know, you and your brother kicking about doing something that you think is cool and that you believe in? Where does it go from that to like, actually we're starting a business like this is something legit. Yeah. Okay. So we always, we, I mean, we always thought about it like it was a legit thing. Okay. We always treated it like it's that whole, I guess, like if you, if you think it's real, and, and 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 you make sure it is real, then it kind of becomes real. Yep, I don't know. It's self fulfilling. Like if you, if yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. You put the attention in the in, in the you you give it the respect it deserves, then it kind of becomes that. Totally, totally. That's and and it's like it's like anything with us, you know, that kind of relentlessness and 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 it's like you know, like when you're trying to land a skate trick. Yep. Every attempt you go for, you think it's the one. Right. Okay. Yeah. You think it's it. Like, yeah, you're probably nowhere near it. Yeah. And you're probably 150, 150 attempts in. Yeah. But you still think the next one's the one. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. still saying to yourself, oh, the next one's the one. And I suppose if you, if you were to rock around going, oh, we're just like, we're just have like, it's not really that serious. Or like, if you, if you act like that, yeah. Then people are going to believe that. People are going to see that. People well, are going to be like, especially when you're asking people to exchange their hard earns. <gasps> yep. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're making this stuff custom. Like we're asking for 100, 150, 180 bucks back in 2010. Yeah. Like they weren't cheap. Yeah. Because, you know, we put a shitload of hours into them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it kind of, I guess it started growing and, and, and getting more serious. And I mean, how that actually happened was maybe surprising, but I mean, at the same time, I kind of felt like it always was going to happen. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird, it's kind of contradictory. Yep. Like you kind of pinch yourself that it has happened, but at the same time, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, you were setting yourself up for it. Yeah, I tried. I tried to give it everything I could. Yeah, we both did. Like, we we missed out on a lot of time with our friends and whatever, and doing fun shit at the age of twenty something, just to hey Max, hey Maxie, to um to do something that you know we were kind of because there's two ways of building something, right? Yeah, there's either money or time. Yeah. We were very time rich. We mm-hmm. were very money poor. Mm-hmm. So we threw time at it. Yep. And that was our currency for building it. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of grew. And then I guess by about year, it, it wasn't, it wasn't looking like a, a proper, and when I say, when you say business, I mean, when I define the word as business, I mean like, you know, it's turning a profit. Yep. You know, like you're paying yourself, you know, yeah, that's, that's, you know that's what I mean? Fair. Yep. Cause you know, I think, I think, for me, the definitions are: if it doesn't pay you, it's a hobby. Yep. If it's paying you, it's a business. Yep. Not to put a financial goal on it. Or no, I think that's a you got to draw. You got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah, for the purpose of this pod, that's probably that's probably how I would define y- it. Yep. Um. So, I mean, you would say we didn't have a business until maybe year four, year five, maybe maybe even six. Yep. Because in the first two years. We were making money, but we were pouring it back into the business at the same time mm-hmm. and not really. We were kind of uh, dodging the whole pay yourself thing. Okay. We 
we were, were, were you guys working other jobs to sustain this? Nah. Nah. I don't know how we were doing it. Yeah. I can't, I can't even think. I mean, yeah, Alex wasn't working anything and I kind of had an industry-based learning gig through the university that I was, I was at doing my honours. Mm-hmm. Um, but that only probably, that, that was probably, I don't know, I can't remember. It definitely wasn't for the for whole part of the business, the first part of the business though. Like I reckon I howled down that job maybe till 12 month mark, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember, but I do remember having a chat with the general manager there and he was like, Nath, you, sh- you should go, you should go do this each big thing full time. Yeah. Okay. And, and that was it. And I haven't had a job since. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And that was about 12 months in. 12 months in. So I haven't had a job for 11 years. Yeah. Cool. And so we would, we, and we were super frugal. Like we did some pretty gnarly stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Pretty gnarly. Lots like. of megarang. Uh, yeah. And just, <laughs> just, you know, stingy stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know. Especially cause we went to, we'd still go to the snow quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and you just do things like, I mean, my partner hates this story, but you know, you'd wait by the bin, right? Yeah. In the restaurant. Yeah. And people would come up with uneated food and oh. you pretend to be the bus boy. <laughs> And so you just you just say, oh, are you done with that? And they say, yeah. So shocked, and you just walk off and eat it. Fucking oath. I love that. <laughs> you can you can eat like, a lot of food. A lot of a food. Lot of man. food. I learned that tactic in um in Canada when I went for the first time as a snowboard instructor. I, I went to Vancouver, and I got there a little bit too early, and I was a bit broke. I, like the mountain hadn't quite opened up yet, so I didn't really have any instructor money coming through. Um, so yeah, I just go to the restaurant and hang out yeah, and wait for the pizza to get kind of yeah turfed at the end of the night. I love it. And well, it just, you knew what you wanted. Well, I just need food. Yeah, yeah. You, it's, you, pretty, it's pretty simple, right? Yeah, you get your food, but then you go back to the thing that you really want, which is to snowboard or make clothes. Totally, yeah. totally. Like every, every, every penny we made, like, you know, as we, I remember as we sold a couple of hoods, we bought an overlocker so that we, it improved the quality of the hoods and it improved what we were capable of doing. Yep. And then, you know, we earned a bit more money and then we spent some money on digitizing one of the logos so we could embroid. And then we yep. spent some money on getting screens made for screen printing. And, yep. You know, yep. you just kept reinvesting. Yep. Because, and the other thing is, is like back then, again, it's not like, it's not like now, like everyone kind of has the basics or the basics are so accessible. Like every day our Instagram gets hit up by another offshore manufacturer. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's mm. insane. These, mm. the, the connectivity that Instagram allows you to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of that existed back then. Yeah, totally. Like there was just no one doing what we were doing. Like, yep. I, I don't know. How, I don't know how else to explain it. We just literally had to learn it all ourselves. Yeah. And that costs a lot of time. Yep. And then money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to kind of try and execute it. Yep. Yeah. I was, I was having this. I've been having that exact thought a lot lately is like, um, because I, I I try to think a lot about the idea of like if if money was not a thing, what would I be doing with my time? Um, and <clears throat> I like to think that pretty much exactly where I where I am right now is it. Like that's good. Yeah, Ma- making podcasts, creating content, talking to cool people, and then making music. That's pretty much what my life is right now. Um, and yeah, there's there's no there's no money anywhere, but I'm happy with where I'm at. So I think just the, and that comes back to what we were saying at the start. It's like, you know, Johnny Depp has everything in the world, but I mean, still tortured. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak for the guy, but like, you know, from outside of looking we'll have in. To, we'll have to get him on the pod. Yeah. We'll just uh, call <laughs> I'll, out. I'll ask him. Call out to his agent maybe or something like that. I'll but ask yeah, him. I mean, like, yeah, that guy literally has everything. I yeah, assume. Totally. Yeah. But like, I mean, at times you would say maybe he's not happy. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, people trying to find being rich or whatever or happy. Like, my definition of rich is having more money than you know what to spend on. Yeah, totally. So, you know, if you have a very simple life, then you can be rich pretty quick. Well, that's it, especially if you 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 keep your expectations low. Like you don't increase your expectations with the amount of money that you make. Yeah, or you, you rather than putting a, a connotation like low on it, you know, you keep your, your expectations realistic. Or, realistic. Okay, that's a better word. Or like, um, you know, reasonable or within your means or whatever. Totally, totally. Like if you're happy within your means, then yeah, you're rich. You're happy. Totally. Yep. That's kind of the definition. I think that's the I don't know. I think that's the, the grail for me. Yep. I love that. I was going to ask you toward the end, actually, and I probably still will, so I won't say it now. Um, no <laughs> I, I did the little um, mental, mental arithmetic. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. we're good. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's um, – so success is – success equals um, results minus expectation. Yeah. And and if you, if you are um, – if you're not changing – your expectation too much you're like happy with what you have yeah you know then you're always going to be successful yeah you are you are the challenge is is learning how to not look sideways and over the fence yeah that's a hard one yeah and i think as a human race now we we all struggle with that fucking oath yeah i mean yeah i struggle with it on the weekend just before like yeah it's hard not to look over the fence do you feel comfortable talking about that Sure, why not? Yeah, what was it? Um, you know, just looking at other things. You know, friends, other brands, other people, like uh, opportunities that come your way. Yeah, you know, it's hard not to look over the fence sometimes, mm. and and you're like, uh, but you know, my partner's always pretty. Um, she's pretty blunt with me, and she's pretty honest with me about you know, everyone's path is exactly that it's their path yeah not everyone gets to have the same path that's just the way it is you know Mm. like your path is your path and and your journey is your journey all you can do is control that but you know looking over the fence what does that get you it's all very well and good to say in theory though i totally like when you're in an insecure moment you have a couple of things pile up yeah you know for me personally at the moment you know like you know having a young son and being a little bit uh, energy poor and a bit sleep deprived and a couple of things go wrong or mm-hmm. a couple of things don't work out here or and you have a bit of an argument with your partner or something about something because mm-hmm. of all these things, it's like mm-hmm. it's really easy to pile it all on. Yep. Because you see, you see a couple of things on Instagram, you're like, oh, fuck. Yep. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not killing it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the crocodiles, you know, yep. I, always, I always talk about it because, um, you know, like I've had, you know, troubles in my life or whatever and I've – you know, I've had psychology quite a lot. Yep. And um, one of the psychologists I've seen along the way, she, she used to describe, you know, like, don't jump in the river with the crocodiles because the crocodiles are your insecurities or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you just kind of don't don't um, don't acknowledge them or you know don't give them the fuel that they need, mm-hmm. they'll just stay on the riverbanks and you can float down the river no problem. Totally. But as soon as you start looking at them and freaking out about them and worrying about them, they'll get in there with you and. Down you go. Game over. Yeah. Lose a couple of limbs. Yeah. The, the death roll. <laughs> Dude, I saw, a, I saw a death roll. I follow a couple 
channels on pages on Instagram that are like nature is mental and um yeah they just got crazy crazy footage of like animals just doing wild shit and one of the ones that I saw was um a, a crocodile doing a, a death roll and it had like a antelope's head in its mouth and it rolled its head it, it just turned it into a twisty yeah yeah like its fucking whole body just like snapped and contorted as it as it done this death roll so much power it was terrifying yeah, yeah. it turned this fucking maybe like 150 kilo antelope or whatever into into like a little twisty yeah like like it was nothing and that and that thing's in the water as well yeah, doing I know. that right like, don't think how much power it must have to be able to do that yeah just so much torque yeah mm. Um, what, what you said a, a second ago about, um, the, um, comparison, you know, like comparing yourself and stuff like that. I don't think our, I don't think, especially given the advent of, um, or the invent, invent, advent of, um, certain technologies, Instagram, stuff like that. I don't think we're ever going to escape it. And I don't think, like, I think it's pretty human nature, even, you know, throughout time is to look over the fence and go, oh, totally, totally. How, how, how green is their grass or how nice is their fence? I think it's pretty normal as far as like human behavior goes, but our job is not to ignore it. Our job is to just let it pass over us. As you said, with the crocodiles, like acknowledge that it's there. Like, yeah, that, that feeling did come up, but don't like fall in love with that feeling. Well, and you, the goal is just not to judge it. You don't not to judge it. That's the perfect way. You, you don't you don't put a connotation on it. You say, "Oh, that's I'm doing crap, or I'm doing, or I'm feeling this. I'm I'm shit." You know, yeah. Like it's it's like you just notice it. Like yeah, it's like you're never gonna stop. Like you're never gonna stop feeling stuff. Yep. Like that's just never gonna happen. Like, yeah. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, we're human beings. You know, there's always there's always stuff that kind of influences us one one way or another, right? Yeah. So it's like you just got to kind of, yeah, it's like if you look over the fence and you feel a little bit off about it, just check in with yourself and put a connotation on it and, you know, just notice it. Because then you're like, you're dying two deaths. You get that feeling. You get the actual feeling of like, oh, I'm not good enough. And then you get the judging of yourself for the feeling of not feeling good enough. Totally. So if you just let that, all right, the first one is, yep, all right, I feel like I'm not good enough but that's okay. It's okay. It's okay to not feel good enough. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, 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 yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, like I, I go through it myself. Like you feel, feel like people above me that I aspire to be, they don't feel these feelings. But yeah. it comes back to the Johnny Depp thing where they clearly do. Yeah. They're clearly going through their own shit, right? Because we're all fucking human. Doesn't matter like where we're at, what we got, we all, we all are human. Yeah. Yeah, we are. But, Again, in the in the heat of the moment, in the context, it's really hard to be self aware. Mm. I think that's a that's that is the that is the starting point of any change is self awareness. Mm-hmm. You have to if you want to change something. Well, you have to be aware, not only post or pre of the moment happening that you're doing it, but you also have to be aware in the moment. That's the hardest thing is catching yourself in the moment doing it. Yeah, yeah. because it's like it's like that's how you change it. You go, oh shit. Like I notice with myself, like there's heaps of aspects of myself that I'm trying to change and work on yep. for various reasons, you know, whether it be my son or myself or my partner, whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone has their shit, right? Yep. So the thing is, is like you kind of, you kind of do it and you're like, 
like for a few weeks I'll notice, oh, I just did it then. 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 And then one time you go, you're about to do it and you go, oh, fuck, I'm about to do it. And then you catch yourself. Love that. And then you stop. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I've caught myself now. And that's honestly, that's all you can ask for because that's learning. That's growing. That's, that's yeah, growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people, people sometimes get that misconstrued where it's, you know, having a, a massive factory or, you know, having a million bucks in your account or having a million followers on Instagram. Mm. That's not growth. No. That's not, it's not, it's just not reality for everyone yep. either. Like it's growth is, is, is little micro 1%. The things that you don't see, the yeah. things that you can't put in a Instagram real or yeah 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 or you don't get a thousand likes for or whatever yeah exactly like yeah that that's what we've done we've i was saying something the other day it's like we've we've gotten one percent better over 12 years like 60 hours a week yeah fuck yeah there's a lot of one percents i love that and that's how you that's how you people people think it's like this this home run thing you know Yes. Yeah. You know, everyone's gone for the home run swing. Everyone thinks they're the home 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 run derby king, you know, mm. or queen, mm. or whatever. Um, it's not like it's just not like that. No, you got to build, build. Mm. And the thing I often say is, as as quick as they come up, they'll just fall down just as quick. Yep. 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 Longevity is longevity is truly the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Well, having life. having the perspective to know that, like, actually, if I just build it over a long period of time, it'll stand the test of time. Yeah, but I mean, that's a really hard concept for for us as a society now to, to grasp. It's in, yeah, it's impossible for most people. Like, to think to think that f- far ahead, you know, to go, to, ha- to have the awareness. Yeah, because everything's instant now. Yeah. You know, like, you know, that's TikTok's playing, playing on that instant culture. Yeah. Like, you know, people struggle to hold their attentions for more than five seconds now. Mm, mm. Yeah, there's, people that are not going to listen to this podcast because they're going to see how long it is. And they're going to say, nah. Yeah. They'll wait, they'll wait for me to put the little highlight on, on, on reels or TikTok. And yeah, people want the highlights. Yeah. They don't realize that the highlights are just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. yeah. And not everyone's guaranteed the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you like, do you, do you know Gary V? Yeah. Yeah. Do you listen to a lot of his stuff or? A little bit if time to time, but yeah. like, I must admit when I listen to him, he makes me just feel like shit. So I just don't. <laughs> I just, I feel like I'm, he's, you know, like he's, he just makes me feel like I'm not doing it. So yeah. I just fucking, I just leave it. I have, I have, um, uh, I have phases with Gary V. Like I'll yeah. like, yeah. I'll have moments where I'll like take a bunch of his stuff in and I'll get, I'll get really deep with him. And then I'll have times where I'm like, I just need to like, I, I'll, I'll, um, delete the podcast out of my app yeah, and, yeah, then yeah. and then I'll, and I'll re-download it every yeah, now yeah. and then. Yeah. But he, he, he was just talking a lot about this particular thing yesterday, just the, just the slow build and, and just having, having the awareness and, and just being okay with looking, um, aiming further down the track, not needing it right now. Yeah. It's a really hard concept though. Yes. Yeah. Like, again, we're so impatient. Like I'm impatient as shit. Yeah. Like, I'm do you feel like, for it. do you feel like, um, you've, you've, because to build a business, to to be in a business for twelve years, and to still be building and learning and growing and 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 wanting to succeed, like I I would say that that is it. You, like you've got there, you are there. You were you you know. It's so funny this concept. People like again, you know, like people have been coming through here quite a lot, and they're just like they're just like in awe, you know, like they're just like fuck, you got it. Yeah, 
but it, I, it's so funny that prism of context, you know, like, yeah, you could be looking at something that's black and you think it's black, but that person's looking at it and they think it's white. Yeah. And because it's their prism, that's what they see, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, you come in here and you say, oh my God, like this place is immaculate. Yeah. And I think, you know, oh, I don't like how that bin's there or this stock's messy over there mm. or this is not quite right or blah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, Or the skate park could be better or bigger or blah, 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 blah. On mm. and on and you go, right? Mm. But it's like, it's that, um, it's that intersection for me, it's the intersection between progress and content. Yep. That's a really hard point to navigate mm-hmm. because if you get content, you just sit on your laurels and you kind of, yep. you know, you get whatever, right? Like you're yep. just like, oh, you don't keep pushing. But yep. if you're always pushing, it means nothing's ever good enough. Totally, totally. So it's really challenging. I I've, I really struggle with it. Yeah. Because I'm a very... I'm a pretty um, go, 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 go person. Like I just keep looking forwards. Mm. But sometimes you do need to take a step and just be stoked. I mean, the, the the moment that you had in the backyard the other day. Yeah, I was thinking that that just just then as I said it, you know, yeah. like that moment I had in the backyard was was sick. Yeah, you don't, I don't, look, to, 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 to reach the heights of success that, you know, many of us aspire to, um, you do need to be go, go, go. But but I think over time, if you can learn to have just some moments where you do stop and look around and smell the roses, like uh, it's okay, it's okay to just have a few of them. You don't you don't have to be every day waking up going, oh fuck, how good is this? But actually yeah, not doing no one, anything. No one likes that 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 person that you run into that just says, you know, how fucking amazing is today? Like, look at the birds. Oh my God, we're so blessed. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And they're just hyper over the top. Yeah. No one likes to be that person. No, no one likes interacting with that person because you just feel like, what the fuck? But, like, but also no one likes the fucking, you know, what Gary V was a couple of years ago where it's like, work, 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 like that crazy totally. kind of toxic, like hustle culture. Totally. You don't totally. like that either. So totally. yeah, finding, finding a nice little balance where you're like, Head down, bum up, but every now and then you you do get to look around and go, man, I'm all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I guess, you know, this is a moment of I'm all right now. Like, you know, like mm. me kind of spending time with you right now is not going to run this business into the ground. Like it's going to keep going and it's going <laughs> to yeah. be okay, you know. The staff answering the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like we've got a nice space. I yeah. get, I'm going to have a skate with some customers later today. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, you know, I got to... I got, you know, I, I got to send one of our skaters to Mackay over the weekend. Amazing. You know, he did really well. And one of our other skaters did really, really well. You know, like, yeah, it's good. That's good. You good. just got to, you just got, yeah, it's just a challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But my brain is, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are the same. It's just at odds with itself. Yeah. I mean, it's that, yeah, just that constant searching and striving to just, as you said, 1%. Like, I don't think anyone is ever going to get to that point of enlightenment where we, like, nah. have it all figured out. Nah. Because I was thinking about that. It's like, man, I just don't want to come across as, like, depressive and some kind of, um, I don't know, down doopsy kind of mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, like, I'm still searching for it as well. Yeah. It, I think it just shows, like, f- for me personally, the way I'm analyzing it is it should just shows that um, you're striving to be better. Yeah, and, but, and my thing is, is like, I guess, yeah, I'm striving to be bre- better and people think that's, I don't know, maybe admirable or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm definitely striving to be better, but I am trying to be consciously aware that striving for greatness means 
that you're working on weaknesses. Mm. And weaknesses is a critique. It's mm. a judgment, right? Has to be. When you, yeah, when you, when it's like the gym, you know, you don't go to the gym and keep working on your arms. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if you're, you know, doing your bench press or whatever and you can't quite get it to the top. Yeah. You go work on your triceps because your triceps are weak, right? Yeah, yeah. So you then keep working on that, getting it better, getting it better, getting it better. But at the same time, it's like, at what point are you happy with it? Mm. Are you cool with it? Are you, mm. you know, when's that point? Mm. And that's the thing is, is like st- striving 24-7 all the time is, is sick, but it's also a pretty good way to get yourself flat. Yeah, or go crazy. Yeah, because it comes back to that whole being content and happy with things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's 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 always been my biggest struggle mm. is, yeah, striving too much. Yeah. Not striving too much because you sound like a, an accomplishment wanker or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like. But I think it's something that does come with time as well. Like it comes with time, experience. Um, and just maturity. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm like I said, I'm still kind of, I'm still going for it. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, I am trying to get a bit more definitely for my son. My son has definitely made me kind of appreciate it. You know, like, yeah, I'm kind of, it's happened in other aspects of my life. Like for instance, with skating, right? So through COVID, I got the best at skating I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like as a 32, 33 year old man. Mm. I was doing shit I never thought was possible. Okay. I was getting all kinds of props from my friends. What kind of stuff? Oh, just, just I don't know I don't know skateboarding terms, so you're gonna have to Just little things like learning certain tricks and certain movements, like you know, learning how to flip into something. Okay. You know, like kick flip into a trick. Yep. And then like I never thought I'd do that ever. Mm. Like some of the things that I was doing and, and, and can do now, I just didn't think were possible for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I'd kind of given up on that. And so I got a little bit, um, I got a little bit progression hoary, <laughs> which, which, which is a, um, a, a little bit of a red flag that I always try and watch with myself. Yeah. Okay. So I started chasing these tricks and these tricks started getting really hard for me, like really, really hard. And yep. With skating, you know, like learning new tricks equals pain because yep. you fall over, right? Yeah, Especially yeah. when I'm pretty clumsy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kept chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing. And I got to this stage where I was just like, oh my God, some of these things that I'm trying and thinking about doing are f- pretty fucking wild. For yeah. Me. And, and then, and then my son came along and, and I, I, for the first six months or so, I got really kind of like, I got kind of anxious. I was like, shit, I'm going to lose all this stuff that I've learned, all this stuff. And I kept trying to force it and force it, keep, keep managing, you know, like being a dad and all these things, my partner, the business. I think just trying to skate at this crazy level that I was mm. skating at through COVID, mm. get, getting better, better, new trick, new trick, new trick. Mm. And then it just like, it came to a head and I was just like, and the other thing that was driving me is I was filming. Filming is one of the, it's one of the best things, but it's one of the worst things. Yeah. Because it forces you to do stuff that yeah. you're not comfortable doing. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Which is progression, right? And mm. progression is sick. Like, don't get me wrong, progression's sick. But what happened was, was like, Skating started becoming fucking gnarly. It started becoming a chore. It started becoming like... You started putting pressure on yourself. Yeah, just too much pressure and stressful. And I had to go to this skate park and this skate park. And it had to be the perfect day. And it had to be no wind, no rain, no this, no that, 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 that. And just yeah. like... And I just... It just fucking exploded on me. And I just stopped skating. That was it. I just went... Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just started playing basketball hard out. <laughs> I just replaced it with another thing. And now you're trying to... Make it to the NBA. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now I'm, you know, I'm playing, I was playing all this ball and I just kept doing it to myself. And then I came back to skating just recently and I was like, oh, 
just be happy. And now I'm just, I'm okay with it now. Yeah, it's cool. Like, like, I'm trying to learn, like, you know, listen to my body. Like, if my body's fucking sore, mm. I don't keep breaking myself. Mm-hmm. Like, just going for broke and getting bit off, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's been a cool experience kind of enjoying things again. It's the pendulum of life, right? Like, you know, extremes. Like, nothing. Or, like, when you're kind of, like, going too hard, it, like, kind of brings you back to center. You totally. Go, especially with, with with the kind of personality that you would have, yeah, you would get, like, all the way out here, like, oh, I'm, I'm about to go fucking pro. And then life just has to go, eh, it's right, just come back here. Yeah. You're good in the middle. Like, it's, yeah, it's you're not like, going to lose anything. It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't really, what do you, like, realistically, it's like you put all this pressure on yourself to, like, learn all these tricks or play basketball in a certain way or, or whatever. And you and after a while you're kind of going to yourself, well shit, what is this actually for? Why am I doing this? Yeah. What's and, driving this? Yeah. And am I and I am I trying to am I trying to go to the NBA? No. So, so, what, ma- so why am I doing this? Yeah. Is it anxiety? Is it fear? Is it Am I trying to prove something to someone? Am I trying to prove something to myself? Like yep. what is it? And once you kind of analyze it, you know, you kind of like, uh that is kind of stupid. It's kind of that's kind of weird that I was putting all this pressure on myself to go do all this stuff skating when you know, like because it comes back to that whole thing we we're talking about before about you know like success is defined by you know happiness to me and happiness is like you know are you happy with what you're doing yeah like are you true like when you land that trick for that one little bit or whatever like yeah you're happy but like. Two hours before it, were you enjoying yourself? Yeah, okay, yeah. Did you really want to do that? Mm. Did you really, like, was it the juice worth the squeeze? Like, don't get me wrong, sometimes it's worth it, but sometimes it's just like, fuck, over and over and over and over and over and over again. Like, yeah. Nah. Nah. Peace. Nah. <laughs> I'm done. Nah. 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 That's not worth it. <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. No, nah, no, nah, I, I do. I absolutely hear you. I'm I'm going through a kind of a similar thing at the moment with uh, martial arts. Yeah. Um, or have been in the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, specifically boxing right now. Oh yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, pushing myself, making, trying to get to like heaps of classes. And then there's that, um, realization that, you know, I'm not trying to fucking make it to the UFC and that it's okay to just enjoy it for what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's the idea. I think we've, (laughs) I think we're both firmly touched on that idea that, you know, it is okay just to be in it and not be striving for a goal or like an outcome just to enjoy it. Yeah. Some things in life you can just enjoy for what they are. Like clearly when you're running a business and you've got staff and like you got, you know, all this going on, there has to be, you have to be pushing and, 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 and like striving. To but be you better. have to also enjoy it because there's a lot of stuff you have to do that if you don't get enjoyment out of it or you don't like doing it, you won't do it. Yeah, totally. It's not all glitz and glamour. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you've got to do that maybe you're not amazingly, you're not enjoying it like, you know, like it's the best thing in the world. You're not mega thrilled. Nah. Yeah. Like doing payroll is not, Yeah, it's not the most amazing thing <laughs> yeah. going around, but I kind of get. I kind of get a little bit of satisfaction out of doing it correctly and knowing all the different things. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I know about that stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Learning all the nuts and bolts of a, of, a, of of operating. Yeah, because, you know, like, 
Designing designing clothes and producing those clothes is two aspects of a very large mechanism. Totally. And, and you know, because uh, walking through this, you know, whole establishment, you just see there are so many different things that are not just designing clothes. There's like, you know, managing people. Uh, stock control. Stock control. Like the, the, the list would be endless. Yeah, you know, logistics, warehousing. You know, little things like I had to, I had to read the lease on this place. Yeah. You know, so talking with lawyers and yeah, like I said, knowing payroll, knowing HR, knowing how to manage people, dealing with people, talking to people correctly. You yeah. Know, like yeah. You know, being, you know, I, for lack of a better word, you know, PC. Learning, yeah. Learning about what you can and can't say, and yeah, you know, what's respectful to others and what's not respectful to others. And, yep. You know, then there's you know finance and accounting and bookkeeping and yep. there's this yeah from for, for us like the thing that makes us so unique is that literally everything from you know if you've got the point of you know setting financial targets right down to getting the garment out of here sent to the customer we do everything in between mm. every single aspect of this business we do mm. you know th- th- and there's uh, it's endless. I could talk about it for ages. Yeah, yeah. And we've learned all those processes ourselves, not through YouTube. Yeah, doing. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know, YouTube wasn't really a thing when you started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, like might have been like early, real early, but yeah, like you could YouTube anything now. Yeah, you can YouTube some really specific things now. It's crazy. Mm. But like back then, like say for instance, when we were sewing in Mum's garage, like if you snap the lo- the, the the needle on the overlocker. There was no answer for that. So can you explain what's an overlocker? So an overlocker. So if you if anyone turns their garment inside out, mm-hmm. generally the two side seams, so I mean the seam here. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there mm-hmm. and on the other side, mm-hmm. that'll be done by an overlocker. So overlocker is like your basic super sturdy straight stitch. Okay. So an overlocker produces that stitch. Okay. So what it does is, is you have two bits of fabric. You put them together, mm-hmm. you run it through the overlocker. It has like a blade and it chops it perfectly. So it's a straight line. So that's mm-hmm. why when you turn it inside out, it's a straight line mm-hmm. and it has a double straight stitch and then a, a cross stitch as well as a safety mm-hmm. so that it makes it super strong. Okay. So it's much more complicated than a, your, your average sewing machine, which is just one needle and, right, and, right, right. and does like one stitch or okay. cross stitch or whatever. Right? Yeah, cool. How so, big is this thing? Um, so basically what happens is, is it's like this, just think of like, um, how would I describe it? It's like the size of a normal sewing machine, mm-hmm. but it has, it's attached to a table, which has like a hole in it because it cuts all the fabric off to make the straight line. So that it has like a funnel, it yep. goes down the fold into a bin. Mm-hmm. But then also there's this, because it's so powerful, it has to go through such thick fabric. It generally will have this big motor attached to it as well. Okay. So it's like a heavy ass table. Okay, cool. Really, really heavy. It's kind of like. Probably be, I'm going to say 80, 80 to 100 kilos. Okay. Maybe. Maybe 80 kilos. So you're Cause, not just lugging that around? No, nah, because that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to think about, can I lift it by myself? Probably not. So then it's probably about, yeah, 80 kilos. Yeah, cool, 90 cool, cool. kilos, something like that. So yeah, it's like this big industrial machine. So yeah, when you break something like that, yeah. like, which I did constantly because I didn't know how to use it properly because mm. I was learning on the fly, mm-hmm. it was... Hours yeah. of learning, yeah, hours yeah, yeah, yeah. because again, you couldn't just type type into you know into YouTube or Google and say you know how do I fix my Orion 
1985 overlocker. Mm. I've snapped the lead needle. <laughs> that video that doesn't is, that's exist. A very, that's a very specific ask. But you know what I mean? Like you can do things. Can you find that now? Like if you were to type that in? Not sure. Maybe. Yeah. But you could definitely type in, I've snapped my overlocker yeah. needle. How do I fix it? Or, yeah, yeah. you know, re-threading an overlocker. Mm-hmm. What's, how do you do that? Because mm-hmm. like, I assume the technology on all of them is all the same. Like it yep. goes through the same series of eyelets to make the stitch. Yep, yep, yep. I assume it's all pretty similar. But, mm-hmm. you know, back then, yeah, you couldn't really do that. So it was like you had to learn by trial. Yep. And I, I yeah, I've had some. Learn by fire. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk. Let's go back a little bit. Um, we, we were touching on the idea earlier of um, where the, the the line that divides hobby and actual business. Yep. Um, where do you feel like? Obviously, at what point in the journey did it go from that from hobby to business? Talk to me a little bit about um, yeah, what what changed or like how how you guys were feeling around that time. So it was probably. I always thought about it as this one defined place, probably around year five, where I was like, I noticed that, you know, the bank start, the bank account started growing. Yep. We were starting to regularly sell things. And, you know, at the end of the day, when it was time to do the shipping, because we did the shipping ourselves. Yep. Um, and, you know, there wasn't all these nice, fancy systems around, like, you know, like it is now where you know, all the barcodes are printed, all the labels are printed, you just stick it onto the thing, blah, 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 right? Yep. We're handwriting shit onto prepaid patch satchels for every order we would take. Yeah, in. fuck. So that was a lot of time. Mm. Um, and that started to come, you know, like a proper a proper gig, you know? That's mm. kind of, um, that was kind of one of the big reasons for employing AJ. Mm-hmm. He kind of helped us with the store and helped us with that process. But, you know, and, and, and so at this point we started making some money and we started paying ourselves and actually being able to afford a wage for AJ. Mm-hmm. But realistically it became a business much before that when we probably f- signed that first lease to come to the factory in Sunshine. Okay. So that was the one before this. So, you know, I guess we we started selling quite a lot of stuff in mum's garage um, and it got to the point where we couldn't keep up with the demand, so we we stopped being the sewers. Yep. So we would we 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 would get it all prepared, get it all ready to go, um, with the help of one of our customers who became our first kind of volunteer employee. His name's Liam McGinley. It's pretty funny. Okay. So he comes. I'll tell the story very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Try not get sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. So he comes to pick up his order one day. Of course, I'm wearing the balaclavas. Yeah. Yeah. Comes to Mum's garage, picks it up. He goes. What he said? He said, oh. he was like, oh, if you ever need any help, let me know. And I said, really? He's like, yeah, all right. What are you doing right now? <laughs> He's like, uh, you're hired. I'm like, grab the scissors. I'll teach you this. And I literally start, then in there, I started teaching him. Yeah. Like, fuck he, yeah. He, he was stayed there with me for a couple of hours. Yeah. And he was me. keen. Yeah, he was keen. Yeah. He, he worked for, he worked for free product for ages. Mm. Liam was a, he was a G. I yeah. couldn't believe it. Like, he helped us so much, like, and he was so meticulous and pedantic about it. And he just, he just loved garments and colorways. And he cared. He just cared. Yeah, he really cared. Yeah. He really cared. He was a really good dude. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a really, really good dude. So he, he was kind of on board, but, you know, so he kind of started helping us prepare all these garments to get taken to these sewers. Mm-hmm. And then I guess we were producing so much stuff. And it wasn't like a shitload of stuff, but it was it was a bit. Yeah. Um, 
considering what we'd come from, which yep. was, you know, zilch. <laughs> um, and then, like, our mum's dog died, and we were kind of like, it's a weird story. Like, yeah, mum's dog died, or our dog, our childhood dog died. Yep. And Alex and I were out the back, you know, where the garage was, out the back of the house, mm-hmm. digging the grave. Oh, like, wow. Digging. Yeah. And it was hot, and we, and we just kind of, I don't know what, we, we kind of said to each other, we, we just got to get out of here. It's time to kind of, I think we can... I don't know. Maybe we can do this. I don't. Anyway, we started looking at places and whatnot, and we eventually signed a lease. And weirdly enough, this is one of the weirdest stories that I actually don't get to tell that much. The first factory, right? This is a trip out. The first turn off Sunshine Road was Sarah Grove, which is my mum's name, mm-hmm. and the next turn is James Court, which is my dad's name. Oh wow! How weird is that? Yeah, right. Like, so, and it's, it's not even like S-A-R-A-H. It was S-A-R-A, which is actually how my mum's name is right, spelled. Right. So it was like, and I remember turning up to Yeah, yeah. It was totally like that. As lame as it sounds, I was just like, no, nah, this is the place. I love that. And there was a manufacturer across the parking lot from us mm. that we signed. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, that was a huge commitment for us. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad you could, you can kind of share that because like those kinds of like moments, those like, you know, those founding moments, those little stories, those little quirky things yeah, that are yeah. so important and so interesting and unique to us. Yeah, you know, yeah. we don't get to share them with anyone but our like closer circle frequently. So yeah, I mean, even they maybe don't even know that. To be yeah, honest. no, that's cool. That was one of the things I was just like, wow, this is so random. It's so weird that yeah, out of all the places, like that was where yeah. we ended up. Yeah, fuck yeah. So yeah, we we ended up at this kind of industrial estate, and yeah, like it was a it was. Basically a fridge, you know, like it, was, <laughs> it was three walls, no windows, cold as shit yeah. in West Footscray, just down from Tottenham Yards. Yeah. But, you know, it was a massive commitment. It was 1800 bucks a month that we had to commit to. That, mm. You know, this is the first bit of um, commitment we'd ever done. Mm. Like we owned our cars outright. We paid prepay phones. Mm. We owned all the stock outright. Mm. Like this was the only thing that we were on the hook for. Mm. And it was a pretty big call at the age of like, I think it was like, 24 and 22. Yeah. So it's a pretty big call. Massive call. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, again, looking at nothing now, it's like 1800 bucks a month. Like it's, yeah. what is it, like 18 grand or something? It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it was massive at the time. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and we just did it. So I would say that's actually the point of the business. Yeah. I think once we had like proper overheads, mm. I guess that's when it becomes a business. And, and, and it's just you two at this time? Like you don't have employees yet? Nah, it's still just... Me, Alex, and Liam kind of coming in twice a week, once a week mm. to prepare the customs for the sewers, and yep. he was still a volunteer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until about probably a year or probably a year or so in that AJ became the first staff member. Yep, and okay. we started paying him. Yep, which is thinking about it now, I don't even know how we did that. I can't. <laughs> even, I can't even believe we did that. Yeah, like, I can't believe. Yeah, I can't believe AJ was like kind of um, had the confidence in us to do that because I don't know, it's pretty sketchy. I, th- I feel like, I feel like um, that's sounds like that's a bit of a common thread though. Like, you know, people saw the vision, people believed, people knew that you cared. So it made it easy for them to care as well. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm honestly, I've never been in that situation, so I, I wouldn't know, but yeah. I've never asked AJ what made him kind of do that. Take the leap. But he did it. Like, yeah. I remember he kind of, because we used to do these sneaker freaker events mm-hmm. down in Port Melbourne at the, Glo- at the Globe Warehouse. And 
I remember one time we were kind of a little bit undermanned and a little bit understaffed and things were kind of getting a bit crazy and, and we were struggling with the demand of the, of, of the people there and AJ just kind of, I don't know, just started helping out. It was insane. And then from mm. there, he basically, we basically offered him a job. Yeah. Yeah. And then we kind of, I think we slowly transitioned from him being part-time and then eventually he ended up being full-time. Yeah, for sure. And now he's he's been an employee. I think he's coming up on eight or nine years. Fuck yeah. So it's like, that's another thing I'm going to learn about is long service leave. <laughs> I, I, it's like it's getting to that point where add I need, it to the list. Yeah, I need, I need to get myself familiar with how long service leave works mm. because I'm not gonna lie, I don't fucking know right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should know, but I don't. Yeah, cool. We'll add it to the list. Yeah, yeah. Just add it. Put it on the pile. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'll get there. But that, I mean, I suppose that's a, a credit to you and and Alex. Like, I, I don't think. Um, I would imagine that most people don't um take a leap unless in a circumstance like that, unless they see, um, they see something building or they see that you guys are genuine. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Like again, again, I, I can't, I, I yeah, think you can't, be, you I, can't speak for him, no. but, but that would be my assumption because I know that I, I would speak for myself in saying that I probably wouldn't be prepared to take a leap like that unless I saw something genuine in, in someone, not just like something big, like, oh, it, it, it wouldn't be about money. It would be about, do I trust them? Yeah, I guess so. I think I, I like to think we're pretty trustworthy people. Um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe one of the other things is like, you know, we're pretty ride or die. Like you could tell how much fucking work we were putting in, how yeah, much yeah. time we were putting in, how, sure. how kind of crazy we were about it. Yeah. How crazy we are about it. You know, still at, you know, kind of at my age, I'm still, you know, putting in time. Mm. Cause you know, like it's fundamentally, I don't know. I think I enjoy it. I think. Totally. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just batshit crazy. I don't know. And the, the, and the thing is, though, like, you know, at your age, even though you've been doing it for this long, like, still fucking hella young, still a long way to go, like, still a lot to be done. Totally. There's still heaps to be done. Yeah. What, there's plenty to be done. Yeah, fuck yeah. I, I, I really want to, um, I really want to, you know, put put us on the map you know like this is this is the brand of melbourne you know this is the og brand of melbourne well let's you know? let's talk about that because this i think that's the crux of like why i'm here and and why i think our journeys have crossed our paths have crossed because of it seems like each peak i didn't even know that it existed until the last couple of months right mm-hmm. i see it popping up everywhere with um uh, with david from um um under shelter yep. doing the collaborations there obviously uzi um you know he's always rocking your stuff talking a lot um nothing but you know some stuff to do with some venues hip-hop venues specifically um some collaborations there the snowy badman stuff like there's you know there's all these like kind of collaborations and like um you know journeys into into melbourne um subcultures that have brought i guess brought me here is that been has that been a recent thing um in terms of like being involved in subcultures like this brand is the crossroad and the amalgamation of, of, a, of a lot of different cultures. It's street culture, you know, like yep. I grew up skating and I still skate, you know, like these are all my boards, <laughs> like <laughs> all of them are mine. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. You know, every single one of them is mine. You can always tell. Yeah. Fucking I, that's dope. You can always look for the snap ones. Yeah. That's dope. Okay. And, you know, like, so it's not, it's, it's authentic, you know, like the, you know, people, people come down here and shoot hoops and yeah. You know, I'm playing ones with them, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can ask Will 
you know, Dave's offsider, Will, uh, that he owns under shelter with, that he partners with. I've never met Will. Anyway, Will, 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 um, Will get some buckets from me from time to time. Right. Okay. He gives me a few buckets, but I definitely give him his share as well. Yeah. Fuck yeah. But, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, we, we grew up snowboarding and basketball and skateboarding and, 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 and Alex is, you know, did fine arts. So, you know, we're into kind of graph culture a little bit. And, yeah. You know, not that we're, we're writers, but, you know, we understand letter form and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, now sewing and all that shit. Yeah. So it's like we're an amalgamation of all these different things and all these different subcultures have always been around the brand. It's just, I guess the, the, the funniest, the weirdest thing about us is, well, it's, it's a strength and a weakness at the same time. There's a couple of things like that with us. There's a couple of things that are just core strengths of ours, but also core weaknesses. Mm. And that's when we started this thing in 2010, like I said, there was nothing, mm. nothing. There mm. was not all these brands popping off doing these collabs and all this shit you see, like mm. all this, you know, cross promo stuff and hype this and hype that. Mm. Nothing was here. Mm. We were the only ones. Mm. And that meant there was no blueprint. There was no answers. There was nothing. Mm. It was just, got a problem? All right, solve it. Yep. You, you know, mm. like I was saying, our currency was time. So we put the currency into solving those problems mm. just day by day by day by day. And what that da- did was it made us super, super self. We, we just needed ourselves. We didn't need anything. Self-reliant. Yeah, cool. We were self-reliant. We were self. Yeah. We were self. We were sustainable ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And so we just built this thing just off grinding, yeah. off, off just doing it ourselves and, and, and working hard and, and mm-hmm. taking little bits here by here. And then what happened, I don't know, I guess as, as we kind of got to this space and started setting up this place a little bit, you know, over the last couple of years, we were kind of like, wow, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of gotten to this spot where there's not many people like us. Yep. Maybe we should start, you know, sharing our experiences and inviting people into the space. And it's kind of like we spent all this time doing it ourselves. We kind of had blinkers on. Mm-hmm. We kind of like, like if I'm being honest, you know, we, we, we were maybe sitting at home waiting for the hot girl to come knock on our door. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Yeah. And it was like, and, 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 and it's like, I just feel like at this point too, it's like we've we've had so much support over such a long time that it's time to kind of start reinvesting and 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 and, and I don't know giving back somehow or mm-hmm. I, I hate that I hate that term like giving back like I'm some pharaoh yeah. giving back to the poor peasants of the streets of Egypt. It's not yeah, it's throw, not like that. Throwing it's, us some crumbs. We yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Oh, here we go, you know. Yeah, yeah. Here's your chicken feed whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like that. It's like I don't know, just just kind of getting around communities and and people that we rate and like I was saying, you know, getting getting being able to contribute to getting Hamid to to skate the Mackay comp. Yeah. Like, that's fucking sick. Yeah. It's so sick. Like I want to I want to try and help him as much as I can or, you know, you know, connect, reconnecting with Uzi because, you know, we, we crossed paths with Uzi like years ago. Yeah. Years and years ago. And it's just like, it's that crazy, it's crazy how, you know, now as a, a mature man, I guess, yep. you know, like I have a son and shit, so yep. I'm kind of doing something. Yeah. Um, we're still relevant. We're still here. We're still kind of, you know, and it's about, 
trying to reconnect with people, I guess. Totally. Not not just like, I don't know, somehow somehow you got to keep staying relevant. I think, I mean, I don't, I haven't been privy to the whole journey and, um, you know, getting to see the different iterations and the, you know, the different moments. But if I had to say something about right now, I would say that each pig is very culturally relevant. And, um, I would, I would say like, just from, from, from a, I guess, outsider's perspective, you know, there is a lot of that crossing over of those subcultures, hip hop, skating, snowboarding, and it just, it looks cool. It looks fucking cool. Like yeah. I, there's no other way to say it. Like I, I, I like it. It's, and you know, the fact that you've got the blinkers off now to, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, definitely trying to be more spatially aware of our surroundings and, yeah. and, and trying to, I guess, I don't know, just connect with other people in the community in yeah. these, you know, heads of these kind of subcultures that, yeah, you know, I love. Yeah, and it's we all love. natural as well. It's all it's all people that like that they're, they're not like they're not like brain collaborations, so to speak. They're like just people who are like us. Yeah, it's like you know getting getting people in here that yeah are like us that think the same way, or they're on the come up, or they're maybe they're not on the cup up. Maybe they're already there. I don't know. Yeah, just kind of you know doing the best we can to connect with different types of people. And, yep. And and maybe using our platform to help them, yep. Kind of, I don't know, spread their message further as well. Do you, is it has it been something that has um been talked about, or do you do you feel like it's just kind of happened naturally as part of your businesses and your uh, personal journey has kind of evolved? I think it's something that, like, if I'm being honest, I've actively thought about. I just thought, oh yeah, cool. I thought like. I don't know what I just kind of thought oh, what we're doing here is is so unique you know like this business is built on 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 unfair you know like it's like we're we're making things in Australia we're, the whole thing's not built on um exploitation basically yep i mean not to kind of go down that political path but you know like yep we decided say it, say it. Uh, I, I i don't i, I cuz i don't want to dis I don't want to diss people that have their businesses set up a certain way, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's, it, it's, you know, like I said before, you know, that's, that's one of the other, you know, our ability to do things ourselves has been a massive strength, but it's also been a massive weakness because sometimes you don't ask for help when you should have, or you haven't connected with someone when you should have, that's or a good point. we've missed a lot of opportunities that were opportunities because we were just so focused and on our own selves yeah and and kind of you know doing whatever it took to keep this thing going and mm. you know blah blah blah. we were you know maybe we're a bit stubborn a bit hubris blah 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 just just to go back to that point though like i don't think that's so it depends obviously what words you you would use yeah, but, yeah totally but it's not dissing anyone it's reaffirming your core values and your your core yeah. beliefs yeah like our, our core values is is that this thing is built off paying people what you and I would work for. Yeah. That's, that's the gist of it. You know, yep. we're not asking, we're, we're, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. We're, we're trying a little as humanly possible to ask people to work for wages that we would not work for ourselves. Yep. It's that simple. Yep. Like people, people always question the, the cost of our garments or, you know, at the start there. And I'd say, well, what do you do for work? And they say, even if they say, 
I work at Macca's. Mm. Okay, how much do you get paid at Macca's? Do you get paid 22 bucks an hour, 25 bucks an hour? Mm. Yeah. Well, these people that make your shoes or make your clothes mm. don't get paid that. They get paid $2 a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like they're, they're forced to, to live at factories or forced overtimes or, mm. Or, or, mm. or all kinds of shit. Like, again, like I'm not just going to sit here slandering it, but, you know, like that is the case is that our basic, biggest advantage is that we're Australian made and people really like that. They fuck with it. But at the same time, it's also our biggest disadvantage because, you know, basic things like our cost of goods is just through the roof. Yeah, totally. Like what, what it costs us to produce a jumper, another company produces six jumpers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like there's just more, there's more capital, there's more, there's more time, there's more resources, there's just more on the line for us. Do you feel like, this, this just came to my head now, do you feel like that concept of like um, needing to charge more because the cost of goods is is so much higher, right? Like maintaining that, um, maintaining that value and that core belief of 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 fair, right? Um, and the flow on effect is you have to sell things for higher. Do you think it actually uh, adds a lot more value to that jumper, for example, or or that hat being itch pig because of the cultural relevance? I like to think so. Like I like to think that people people are definitely getting a bit more cluey about you know Australian owned and 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 Australian made and stuff. But I must admit, I think a lot of people are still kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe they're a little bit kind of confused as to the difference. They okay. Australian owned does not necessarily mean Australian made. Okay, there is a clear exclusion line there that a lot of people get they think oh you know i'm backing this australian brand but you know really yeah sure but like a large chunk of those profits go somewhere else yeah because fundamentally this shit's not made here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and you know it 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 contributes to you know other things like you know ethical sustainability and, and 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 like treating and treating people fairly and whatnot and also just you know environmental sustainability, like shipping shit around the globe produces a lot of emissions, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, making stuff here locally cuts out so much of the sitting on the boat. Yeah, for sure. Concept. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I mean, that's one thing about us is that, and that's why I think we have so much potential, um, is that when you buy from us, you are truly buying something that's Melbourne. Yeah. We are truly the culture. I love that. In in a way, like there's a lot of other brands around doing cool shit. Yeah. But they're not making it here. No. Flat out. They're just not. And, yeah. And that, that, therefore, I don't, I feel like, I don't know, maybe this is my bias, but I, I can't, I can't understand how, yeah, I mean, it, I, in my mind, it makes us more, more truly local than them. Or not, not that it's a competition, but it's like, like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah. Where, where, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a way to say this. It's like, I feel like we rep, we rep the city, you know, we rep the culture. We've been around for a long time. Yeah. We make shit here still. We've had so many opportunities to take this offshore and make more fucking money. Yeah. It, it, sorry, daily it happens. Yeah. Right now I could As show you. As I said to the Instagram. I yeah. Could, I could show you right now. There's, there's requests sitting there right now. Yeah. That we get them every day. Mm. Hey, sir, you know, I'm. We are manufacturer. We want to make clothes. You know, like yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're um. There's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot of those kind of messages with the, 
you know, like they all say the same, they all start the same, mm. they all have the same kind of format and it's like we haven't taken that opportunity mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we don't think it's the right thing to do. And and also and also um like just going back to, you know, the slow the slow burn, you know, if if you build it the right way, it'll last longer. You know, and I think yeah. that, that I think that falls into it. Like, I think uh, so. I hope so. I, I I don't know. Like like I said, like it makes things more challenging because fundamentally, per garment, we're just not making as much as other people are. Yeah, just we're just not. Mm. Like, it's it's like it's simple. Like if you go to a store and our stuff's on the shelves at one price, and you see another brand at another price, mm. that price is getting pretty close. Yeah, like if we're on the rack at 170, and the other brands at 150, 140, like mm. that's pretty close to us. Considering you know, I just to- I just told you, like I know their cogs are just so much lower than ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like it's 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 ch- it's challenging, and like I I want us. The one thing I pride with us is we are truly authentic. Yeah, totally. But and that's the thing. You're not buying. So when I when you buy a, an inch peak piece. You are you are buying a story as well. Yeah, you're you're buying you yeah you're buying a story. You're buying a moment in the brand too because we don't obviously we don't restock stuff a lot. Yeah. Well, sorry, most pieces we don't restock. There's only a couple of things that we we restock, like some core items. Yeah. Yeah. There's literally three hoodies that are core, but mm. everything else is is yeah one time release. That's kind of it. Yeah. Um. So you're buying a piece of you're buying a piece of the brand, but also yeah you're buying a a piece of Melbourne of, mm. of true Melbourne culture mm. in my mind. Like yep. every aspect of the garment is here. Mm. Mm. You know, whether that's you know having the in most cases our even our our our, our um our fabrics are spun here. Mm-hmm. And again, like yeah, some of them aren't, but that's just because there's no industry. If there was, we'd do it. Yeah, absolutely. We'd, fi- we'd find a way. Like you know, like this jacket I'm wearing, for instance. Like it costs us so much money to make this thing. Mm. But the option was there, so we took it and we did it mm. just to flex and show that you can do it. We yeah. made pretty much no money on it, but mm. we did it because we can. Yeah, yeah, and we want to, and we believe in it. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's kind of that's kind of us in a nutshell. No, I love that, and not and not <coughs> and you know not backing down from it, and just being being happy to wear your bruises because you know that it's it's you and it's what you believe. Yeah, it's what it's what we believe. You know, like I said, we could we could have gotten to. I don't, well, that's shoulda, coulda, woulda, but you know, I'd have to think if we weren't manufacturing here in Australia, we maybe would have gotten four or five times bigger than what we are now. Yeah, yeah. Just because there would have been more money coming in. Totally. It's that simple. Yeah, that's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, it's crazy that, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people talk about sustainability and ethics and all that stuff, but when the gun's at their head, they blink. But I'd like to think, you know, that we're, an example of we've had so many dollars and so many things thrown at us and we haven't blinked. We stuck to our laurels. That's what I like about us. That's, uh, that's what helps me sleep at night. I mean, and and at the end of the day, you're the one who has to spend your life with you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no one else is going to be in your head. No one else is going to have those internal conversations. So nah, not really. as long as you're happy with it, that's all that matters. Yeah, and it comes back to what we're starting talking about at the start. You know, like you've got to be happy with what you're doing and and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, it is um, it is it is, and, and like some people don't even give a shit about what I just said, right? They don't care. <laughs> I mean, they don't give a stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're m- money focused or they're whatever. Everyone's got their own prerogative and their own biases and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I just, I don't know. Let them do their thing. Yeah, let them do their thing, and I don't know. It's one of those things. It's it's challenging. It's like that whole thing about you know. Some people look at the black thing and say it's black. Some people yeah. look at the white thing and say it's white, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I just, 
I, th- I, I wanted to, we wanted to make something that was truly originally authentic of Australia and Melbourne and that's what we're doing. Done. Yeah. Well, I guess that, that brings me to, um, I mean, I, I guess you've kind of answered it, but I, I, I want, I would like to potentially get you to expand on it is, is, um, something that I kind of want to finish off with and, and this idea of success. And I know that, you know, we've touched on a lot of the things here, the warehouse, like the, the brand, the subcultures sticking to your guns, not blinking. Um, but let's just say, let's cast our imagination to the end of this journey, right? The end of your life. Yeah. What does success look like to you? Not just for itch pig, but for, um, you as a person, you as a family man, I guess, I guess you could break them out into different goals, you know, like, you know, as a, as a, as a family man, you know, being a supportive partner and also, you know, like, I guess raising, raising my son as an open, aware and conscious person is, is success to me. I like those words. Um, you know, like not being so quick to judge, like that's something I've really worked on is not being so quick to judge. Like in my early life, I was pretty judgmental, pretty blunt, pretty quick to, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just put connotations and labels on things, yep. which I've now realized is maybe, you know, kind of hurtful to some people and, and, and not the best thing. Yep. So that's that. I mean, you know, again, as a, as a partner, you know, be supportive and listen, take on board, you know, don't, don't feel... The, the world doesn't just revolve around you. <laughs> um, and then as a business owner, I guess like truly putting Australia on the map, but like authentically Australia, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, like every representation of it in the world, like this is, this is 100% Australian produced and people, it's globally recognized. That'd be sick. Mm. That'd be, re- it's going to be tough. Don't get me wrong because of, you know, all the things that I've outlined, our biggest strength is also our biggest weakness, like mm. I was saying. So that's going to be a challenge, but um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be super sick. So much sweeter if you overcome it as well. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, we're basically, if we do it, we'll be the only brand that's ever done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of a brand that's produced, well, I mean, sorry, there's brands here that produce here and that are doing it, but I guess in our field, maybe maybe not so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Streetwear is a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty ruthless game. Tough, tough, tough cookie to crack. Yeah. So always was produced in Australia and always will be. Yeah, that yeah. kind of vibe. You know, whether no matter how big we get, you know, like I always want some part of this brand produced here in Australia, whether that's a heritage line or whether that's everything, I don't know. Mm. I, I don't have those answers right now. Yeah. Because, you know, I can't speak to things that haven't quite happened yet. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, that's what we're, we're working towards is, you know, yeah, making this the brand of, of Australia. Yeah. But you're letting that, um, you're letting those core principles guide you. You're letting that, um, you know, that connection to the subculture, like kind of add value to you and your story and, and yeah, wherever it may take you. Totally. You know, like our, our, our kind of statement, our slogan is, you know, driven by independence, bound by community. So. Say that again, driven by independence, bound, bound by, by community. community. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So, you know, like we're, you know, we're, we're independent. We funded this our own way. We thought about this our own way. You know, the fact that we didn't say, oh, we have to go to China like everyone else. No, we can make it here mm. or Bangladesh or Thailand, whatever, mm. right? No, we can make it here. Mm. We want to do it. We can do it. And we're doing it. It's mm. crazy. It's crazy that we're doing it. People are always so shocked when I say it. 
they, they go, what? You make here? Like, wow, that yeah. must be really hard. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, fuck yeah. It's a lot of work. Because, you know, you you basically don't just, you don't make enough, you don't make as much money per per garment. And what that means is you have to kind of cut down on things like human resources, right? Mm, mm, you can't have as many staff. Mm, so that mm. what does that mean? doesn't mean those those jobs magically disappear. It just means you have to do them. Mm, Instead mm. of wearing two hats, you wear four or mm, five. Mm, 18. Eight, or 18, <laughs> yeah, or 18. Well, I think that this is one juice that is certainly worth a squeeze. Definitely. And, um, Nate, I'm going to say thank you Norris. for letting me come in here and uh, get to look at this juice and uh, spend some time in it. No worries. And, um, yeah, man, I, I look forward to seeing it continue to get squeezed. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming through. Yeah, thank you for coming on uh, Slap Happy, Nate. Um, this has been Slap Happy. I've just had Nate from Itch Pig, and uh, we're going to sign it off, guys. Everyone stay slapping out there, and uh, I'll see you around. Peace. We can do it like this all day. Hey, don't stop. Inhibitions run away. Hey, don't stop. Let a bug hit windshield. Scrape those off. My team running up big hills. They won't stop.